This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Like we always do about this time. Oh, this is Tishy in the tape. Respect hate homeless. Respect hate homeless. Shaolin shadow boxing. And the Wu Tang sword style. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu Tang could be dangerous. Do you think your Wu Tang sword can defeat me? Recording live from somewhere, it's the world's famous TITT, it's home team in the motherfucking house. No question. It's Davis backwards and who states your name, gangsta? Philmatic365, a.k.a. the Liquid Chisnit. <laughs> That's right. Recording live, courtesy of ourselves, giving a shout-out to the War Room Sports Podcast Network. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Devin, Jimmy, B. Austin, uh, the Generals, of course, the War Room, 6 to 8 Thursdays, Eastern Standard Time. Sports show in the world. Uh, the Burtons, John Appetit, check them out. Absolutely. Uh, the loop to italiantwine.com, check them out. Uh, best fine time pieces that your money could buy. Black owned, black represented, too black, too strong. Uh, yep. Shout to Randy. Uh, definitely a big shout to all of our listeners out there. Uh, everybody that's been rocking with us. Uh, shout to uh, Kill. Uh, Ripkin, shout to Vanya out there in Germany. Uh, she got an episode dropping very soon. Yes, sir. Shout to um, Planet Asia. Shout to uh, everybody that's been rocking with us here lately. Um, you can you can check out our episodes, of course, on SoundCloud as well as Apple Podcasts. And coming soon, very soon, tissuenetape.com. You can also uh, catch up with us there and get our old episodes as well as uh, some of the things that we're going to be writing about as far as the culture and things that we're just going to bring to your attention uh, that we find dope. Right, Formatic? Absolutely, man. That that dope content uh, will be on tissueandthetape.com along with some of our player partners 
and uh access to what they got going on yeah everybody that's uh ever been on the show you'll be able to check them out and see what they got going on and it's just gonna be uh hip-hop culture um all congregating in one single space man it's gonna be dope i like that um shout to dj rick g's of course that's the world yeah our honorary heat holder uh, doing his thing with Pusha T out there. We see you, baby. Yeah, man. Um, did you did you see him over at uh he was at uh Serato in NYC just yeah. uh burning down the turntables? Yeah, Mr. Straight crazy. Fire. Yeah, no, nah, that was crazy. Um DJ com. You can check out everything he's got going on there. Friday night bangers. Mm-hmm. All those dope ass mixes. Uh you can get them right. on uh those will also be available on tissuenatate.com. You know, right. so yeah, man, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, we were excited to uh, talk about other but other people's stuff, just like we excited to talk about ours because um, you know, no one will fall because you know we each other scratches. Absolutely, man. Uh, it's, Gotta it's, support the people that support us. No question, man. Um, again, man, we were just talking about uh, the realest podcast ever. Shout to Matt. Uh, happy to see that he's recovering well. And he, he's back on the air. <laughs> do do I need to go get the clappers? <laughs> Yo, oh, man. <laughs> Yo, shout out, shout out to Matt and uh, C Diddy, man. Uh, my one of my my favorite favorite listens, man. Uh, yeah. Yo, they, yo, they they gotta be ecstatic, man. Because as we record this, uh, as as they are Laker fans, uh, I know that's not what this is about, but I just wanted to uh, say congrats to them. They got uh, LeBron on their squad, so yeah. So shout out, shout out to that third place finish. <laughs> right. <laughs> it should be interesting, though. No, um, but we we will get into uh, the the current events that went on in the past. Sure. Uh, in, in the, uh, the the next episode, but this one by uh, yeah. we had to take it back a, a, a score in five years ago. <laughs> it's only right just because uh, when you when you look at uh, the current landscape of, of hip hop culture, and you look at some of the dates, some of the moments, some of the albums, some of the songs. Some of the icons. Some of the icons that, that got their starts. You know, it, it wasn't necessarily 2008 and, you know, 1998 and, you know, that it was it was many moons ago, yep. you know? It was, Quite you know, century. It, it was 88 that we talked about a few episodes ago. And of course it was 93. And for those years in particular to be only five years apart from each other, there were so vastly many, different. <laughs> vastly different, exactly. There were so many things that happened in between those years, but also just along the the timeline of those years, leading into, um, you know, the where we were. Like with '88, the thing about that was was it was, um, you know, leading you into another another decade. It was taking you from one era into you know a completely different one, and with '93 being. Um, you know the beginning leading into the middle of some of the most definitive times in the culture absolutely it, it is really fun for us to be able to to take some time and juxtapose the two uh against each other because when you look at it you know um 88 93 96 
um, you know, 95, 98. <laughs> those, those were those were some of the years that really defined you know where we are and you know where we were going. And we did, we had no clue like for black culture to be what it is now, for it to be so predominant and for it to be so strong as a global voice, a global force, something that was organically built by black culture, um, which is which is hip hop, you know, had such a huge influence on on that being the case. So yeah, man, and one of the one of the things that I really just just in doing the research for this episode, I just I couldn't help but get like amazed, like all over again by the amount of diversity in the artists that were at the top of the culture and just bringing releases. I mean, you had, you know, and we'll get into it, but you had Wu and you had Tribe released on the same day. And pe- people were getting up in arms about, you know, Nas and Jay-Z releasing, you know, a, a, you know, a few hours apart. I mean, at the same exact time, you had, you know, with an established, you know, certified hip hop act in this new up and coming powerhouse that had just really took the culture by storm. And then a week later, doggy style. <laughs> I mean, so it's like, you know, I mean, and that that was just in one month of 1993, you know, so that there was so many, you know, quality releases. And then, I mean, just the people you're talking about LL released in there, Queen Latifah released in this year. I mean, you're talking about Ice Cube um, did some work with, you know, the lynch mob, but you're just talking about like people who are, you know, on television now, who are, you know, movie stars and TV stars, you know, little icons in the culture, you know? So very, very interesting to see. at, at this point here with 93, um, Yo! MTV Raps by far was, was certainly making its mark uh, as being, you know, the the premiere, I guess, um, showcase, you know, that, that was on cable TV. Yeah, I mean, in 93, uh, hip hop was, was big business. It, yeah. was, it was, it was really starting to become like, you know, you fresh off the heels of the chronic and you know you can't touch this and <laughs> you know, I mean like all these I mean well, I'm using that just because it was just such a huge record. Like so like you know, big business, they started to see, yo, it's some money out here. These these uh this, this it was start it was starting to go away from independent labels and, and going more to the you know corporations buying up independence you know loud had had been backed by by sony bmg at this point mm-hmm. job had been backed by sony def jam was getting backed by uh sony Polygram. Polygram, yeah um uh, which would later become universal you know so you were getting you were getting all these all these releases from these formerly independent companies but on major label with major distribution well so let's 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 start uh 
just by talking about just the beginning of the year and guess how things started to unfold. So uh, January 20th, of course, uh, Bill Clinton was sworn in. And, you know, for for all intents and purposes, he was characterized as a, a man of the people, but not only white people, but especially black people. You know, he, he ate at McDonald's, you know, he... Um, went on Arsenio. Went on Arsenio. He played the sax. You know, he he fashioned himself somewhat as a, a guy with a little bit of soul um, with him. So he he had infiltrated our culture in a way just because people were looking at him like he was, you know, the the down. He was down for the call. <laughs> when 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 it actually, right, yeah. When in actuality, I mean when you look at some of the things that he signed off on that we're still trying to um, you know yeah. <laughs> you know it, it, it's, as far yeah, as prison reform. Them, you know the, the war on drugs, prison reform, uh a lot of the things that he signed off on uh definitely wasn't woke mm-hmm. or <laughs> for for the people uh, meaning yeah. black people so he i think he he was able to pull the wool over a lot of people's eyes just because he was a happy-go-lucky for guy from arkansas but he had a way with words and he had a way with um doing that he, but he it, definitely had to gift the gap yeah so it 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 definitely defined that time just because coming off the heels of Reagan and Bush, yeah, Re- Reaganomics and I- Iran-Contra and all the things that happened and with that. New tax- and then, you know, six weeks later, new taxes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so, so yeah, so it, it was, it was like people almost, it was, it was like when Obama got, uh, in office, but like on steroids, you know, where it was like, oh, yeah, man, we, we, we finally got somebody for us. And it's like, no, nah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not exactly. Um, you know, so he may, tried to tell us. yeah, he, he may not hate your guts, but you know, he, here's what they think about you. You know, if you could really, you know, look at what he did, he, his actions spoke louder than his words. The advent of the super predator. <laughs> oh man, exactly. Yeah. So so yeah. So when you look at the beginning of the year and him being sworn in, and I think that defined a lot. Like I said, like people, you know, they like after after like ninety two being such a a crazy year with um, the riots and everything, and, and people just feeling like they weren't being represented well. I think he represented uh, a way of kind of letting your guard down a little bit in a sense and, and, and maybe thinking that maybe there was some change on the horizon. So when we when we start with that and we look at um, a voice that was starting to get stronger, like Pac, you know, Pac had went from being someone that was into his artistry, but he was really coming into his own as a... Uh, as a star. As a star, as a, as a revolutionary in terms of like his message and um, you know, strictly for my niggas comes out. Uh, the images that he's putting together was so nineties. From you know, keep <laughs> you know, your head up with the yeah. Carl Kanai. Yeah, exactly. And it was it was just that damn hat with the little tie on it. <laughs> <laughs> the 
but you know, just like some of the stuff that he was that he was saying really was just like high energy. Like, okay, let's let this guy speak his mind because he really might have something something to say. Holla if you hear me. I mean, just in your face. And the video, the, the just the, the the image if you if you never saw it, uh, it it, it, it speaks volumes. It uh, it really speaks to like well, a lot of what's going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so obviously, people still didn't hear him. Right. And but like just the juxtaposition on that album alone, you got Holla if you hear me. You got uh, I get around. <laughs> you got and then you got keep your head up. Yeah, you know, so it just it just showed you like the 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 complicated person that we would la- later see, like the 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 multiple sides of the individual that he wasn't just one thing or one way. Right, you know, he was a multifaceted, you know, very complicated and complex individual, but supremely talented. Like I can only imagine, you know, had he not been taken, what he would be doing right now. Right, yeah, it would be. You know, it would be Twitter beefs and, <laughs> and you know, he might be a senator or some shit. I mean, yeah, like, you, you, who knows? while having Twitter beef, you know, with, you know, young Dolph, I don't know, <laughs> just, just kind of <laughs> like, you know. So, so yeah, it was, it was definitely good, like I said, to, to have someone there that was just like a, a real person in a sense that he was multifaceted he wasn't just one way all the time and like i said with the the clinton administration uh taking you know taking the reins over and and really getting in there it it was uh important for for guys like q and 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 Pac, and you know a lot more of the the people that we're about to speak about to to really be able to 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 get that platform Well, well, let's start there. Let's um, let's let's talk about uh, some of our who we thought were the the, the best artists mm-hmm. of nineteen ninety three. Well, yeah, I'll go first, man. I mean, it, to there's one there's one guy in particular. Speaking of pop, this is one of his cohorts and someone that still rides for him to this day. Oh, oh before before you get into it, we doing we doing uh, our our top five. Artists from 1993. Are, are we going reverse order? Uh, yeah, we'll do reverse. I mean, All yeah, right. So you do, you do your number five. I'll do my number five. Okay. So yeah, like I said, speaking of pop, and speaking of someone that that was was uh, not afraid to be themselves, uh, coming straight out of Ill Town, New Jersey. Uh, this this is somebody that I saw firsthand uh, take his talents and put them put them right in the forefront of, of hip-hop and uh you know he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder just because of of the new jersey thing not necessarily being new york you know just like you know don't get it twisted like we get busy down here too type of thing and it was it was it was good to see i could totally relate to what uh he was doing and saying based off of the fact that um being in virginia we didn't quite have the voice that someone in, in dc or philly or, or new york might have had so it was cool to see uh tretch uh who was who who my number five for this as far as uh, you know for him to, to come through and yes, him, yeah no for him to <laughs> he was he was just uh 
supremely skilled. Yeah, as he, an MC. he he was like a a Dominique Wilkins type, and I, I say that with the utmost respect for for Neek in 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 the way that, um, you know, somewhat of a people's champ. Yeah. Um, and you know anybody that knows anything about Neek, they know he really wasn't someone to play with. Like we we can go ahead and get some jokes off a little bit, but when it's time to stop joking, yeah, it's time to stop joking right now immediately. Yeah, and, that, and that's no smoke with with That's exactly what Tretch you know exuded. Hold on, in, in multiple years, this dude walked around with a machete. Yeah. He walked around with a machete, yeah. a, a bat, yeah, a chainsaw. On the cover of 1993, he's holding a chainsaw. Yeah. And oh, it, you, you know, the chain, years, the, the chain still remains. Before Eminem, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The chain still remains, too, by still the way. Still remains. Just, with the, you know, with the, with the chain and the lock and everything. So he, he was just someone, again, that just dominated just with, his presence and again like it was it was all good we can we can make these you know songs for the radio and songs for for bt videos and all that but as soon as i'm ready to stop playing and you know the, the jokes is over that, that's it no more jokes Yo, and the wordplay was so crazy i mean he just mm. just i mean just like verbally Yo, i'm still trying to be I'm still trying to see what a planet where all the women look like Janet. Damn it! Like, <laughs> yeah. if if that if that planet exists, like I would like to take a peek into that. Yo, on, on a hip hop anthem, this <laughs> yo like factory. But but on a hip hop anthem, this boy said, "You put your heart in a part that spreads apart, and you forgot that I forgave when you had a spark." Yes. Was, yo, and that's on the fun song. Yeah, like yeah. like. Yeah. That's not even no, like that wasn't even on no serious joke. But I mean, just yeah. just the effortlessness in which he just put uh, words and phrases together was mm-hmm. just, you know, and many and many of MCs have have that have come along have said that he was uh, uh, definitely uh, somebody that they look to and and borrow from and you know just kind of patted themselves. M was one of the first people. Yeah, they gave him major props. Yeah. Yeah, I and, thought that was always Red Man, Joe Button. Yeah. You know. So it was it's always it's always dope to see like like he's still nice. Like mm-hmm. like he he they he does they don't really make music as much as they used to, but like I seen something and he was just rhyming and it was just it was it was still effortless and it was just like, yo, this it's just a matter of the, the content if he but if the skill did not the skill didn't go away. Yeah, and and one of the best phrases uh, still to this day, uh, written on your kitten. <laughs> Salute them for that because I mean, yeah, Yo. if, if you're writing on if you're writing on the kitty, you, you're doing something right. Yeah, now. it's yours. It's <laughs> yours. <laughs> <laughs> you and deliver. You know yeah. I mean? So yeah, no, nah, but uh, salute, definitely salute to of course yeah, the video kid. for that John too. Yeah, even rock. Um, but yeah, it's on. Like I remember when that video used to come on, and it just had like that that <laughs> intro. Yeah. Oh man, run to the to the TV to watch that. Yeah, man. So um, again, man, that that's my guy, Trash. That's that's who I got as is my number. Okay. Five, my top five. Okay. So right. we so for my number five, we stand in the same state. We stand in the same crew. Uh, that flavor unit. I got I got uh the Queen L I T I F A H in command. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Queen Latifah, uh, 1993, Black Rain. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the 
her for me her best work um but it just had gems on there from of course you and it wallace became an anthem you know for just uh women and just equality something that 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 could probably be played now and be just as uh effective mm-hmm. but speaking of trash he was uh <laughs> he was on uh coochie bang <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah. nice nice little ill town uh collaboration there. Yeah man, but yeah, uh Gimme Five on the black hand side, uh Just Another Day was yeah. on that album. Mm-hmm. But nineteen ninety three was also for Queen Latifah living single. Yeah. I mean this was the this was uh her getting her real uh acting break, you know, to to get her own show mm-hmm. and you know with an all black cast which was you know pretty major mm-hmm. you know at the time you know shit it's still major today but i mean you know you and she and she carried that show you know i mean there were there were definitely um some dope supported characters but it was dope to see because it was hip-hop culture but in a in an everyday setting like they weren't rappers they weren't you know b-boys they weren't you know she she did you know, run a, a hip hop, you know, style magazine, but it was about, you know, her relationships and interactions with her and her friends, mm-hmm. you know? So it was, that's what made the show dope. And you really got to see her personality. You got to see, you know, what it like, what it's like to grow up hip hop. Because at that point we didn't, we hadn't really seen, hip hop was still a, a young man's game and we had only seen people on screen portrayed in hip-hop as kids so to see them as as grown adults living you know young adults living you know everyday lives but still with that hip-hop swagger it was it was it's commonplace now but in 1993 that was you know you know fairly rare so so along with the music and you know the tv show she she definitely you know and that would just be the you know the jump off point for everything else plus she was you know executive producing everything for flavor unit and and, and, l- and let me say this i mean we we now know that i mean obviously fox news and, and fox is you know maybe two different um uh, entities in themselves yeah. but um she helped usher in you know such absolutely shows. You know, uh, I mean, to be honest, such shows as New York Undercover, um, you know, that that was something that that, you know, her success, Martin's success on Fox helped usher in um, as well. When you look at um, hip hop culture and, and black culture being represented on, on the TV screen, you know, she again, like I said, her, her and Martin really um made it made it cool for for networks like like fox to take a chance on on certain shows and absolutely um you know allow for certain people to be portrayed in like authoritative and like professional manners that we just weren't used to seeing so again um you know that can't be understated her impact not only on the mic but also just all the things that she's done behind the scenes and in front of the camera too so she She's definitely uh, worthy of such a high acclaim. So that that's that's a salute to you, Philmatic, for recognizing her and yeah, salute, salute to Dana Owens. You know, yeah. 
real name. They, yo, who brings the flavor on that drink? That's my. Yes. That's, that's still like. That's a dope drink. Yeah. All right. Um, so who you got that for? Man. So so again, I mean, there's there's so many people. It's really tough to even narrow it down, but I wanted to do this in a way to kind of highlight some of the unsung because there's some obvious people that we could always talk about, but Buckshot, man. Yeah. Buckshot. See, I, I originally had him at five and then back and <laughs> with, with him and uh Queen. But yeah, so we'll we'll just go ahead and just talk about him for a moment. Um his his impact in terms of him being someone uh, that represented Brooklyn, which we always talk about when it comes to uh, just the place where MCs are born and where it's just the breeding ground for it. Um, you know, he's just someone that that exudes that that whole you know just that whole thing. No matter how tall or short he was, it didn't matter just because he had such a uh, a colossal presence on the mic, and you know he was just. You never really heard anybody messing with <laughs> no, no, no smoke was one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there wasn't a whole. You know, there, there was some some things that you know that that may have been slung out there subliminally. But for the most part, like nah, like easy. even to this day, you don't really hear a whole lot about um, you know uh, Buck being tested and whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean to just give him props, definitely. Uh, had probably four of the dopest songs. Uh, shout to the beat miners as well, but four of the dopest songs of the entire year uh, that, that actually poured into the next year. You know, like <laughs> you know, when, and the original version was was crazy. Yeah, and just to the, the, to remix it and make that, that classic. Yeah, and do the same thing with Buck 'Em Down. Yeah, Buck 'Em Down. I mean, how many MCs? So, and then who got the props all it? It's just, and who got the props? That's one of my favorite videos from there too. Like the imagery in there, uh, just stellar. So again, you know, just someone that uh, much like Tretch, like we were saying, is just somebody that just, <laughs> you know, a nice, nice guy, nice person, but at the same time, like very serious about his craft. And, about, about his crew as well, making sure that he was independent and making sure that his crew was on and he, he you know, it went down like this. You know, My little nigga stuck through the door. Stuck through the door. And, and, and you know. And they do have Smith and, Smith and Wesson um, do get their first, uh, yeah. their first chance to shine. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, but that, just having the, the, um, the, the, the early formation of of the boot camp click and duck down records mm-hmm. and what they will become and I, I just I mean this was no social media they they had a movement that you know you know we're, 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 we're I'm sure we're gonna talk about another movement in a minute but their movement was was one of the illest because it was organic one it was a hundred percent independent, you know, until they got into until later on when they got their big deal. But it was independent. It was organic. They were selling merch out of the <laughs> out of the um, the CD covers. You know, you could call the number, and mm-hmm. it was just like I can only imagine what they would like. Like a lot of people love Dipset for how their movement was. This was Dipset before Dipset. 
mm-hmm. mean, just that that they were New York City. They were the image of New York City in 1993. Um, when you when you saw with the Thames and the hoodies and just that 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 80 man click, and it was just like, yo, that's why he, they never got this. They you didn't want problems with them dudes. You seen the videos, man. Yeah. I mean, and then you know, Ruck and Rock, you know, all them dudes look like they'll hurt you real fucking bad. Like, yeah. So, so we 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 actually had a, a tissue in the tape alumni, uh, Brian Coleman, uh, shot the ring, who facilitated yeah, who that conversation. That deal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, check the technique. Um, it's, it's well documented in there. Uh, you know, when you look at 1993, when you look at just the 90s in general and underground hip hop, um, how influential uh, boot camp click was, but also just um, the album itself. Uh, into the stage and just how it was a nice mix between all the things that were going on as far as the the big blockbuster um, hip hop releases and then you had that that was more of a avant-garde type of deal where um, it, I liken it to like having a, a movie house flick where um, you know like it, house, yeah. exactly like it, it's something to where um, it's specific to a type of genre, subgenre within the genre, and um, you know those that know know, and then there's people that absolutely t- could tell you every Jay Z lyric, every Biggie lyric, and they've never really sat down and, and you know just sat within the stage yeah. at all. You know that that's a thing. Yeah, oh, no <laughs> doubt. But 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 shout out to Rick G's. Um, yeah, because for his but, money. The, In, into the stage this is, is the goal. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> me and him have had like conversations about this. Just the way that it sounds, like it sounds like 1993. Like it just is. It sounds grimy and it sounds like dense. And you know, it's like funnel. It 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 it, it sounds like the way that they mixed it is totally different. Like like the beat miners were nothing. Nothing else I've ever heard sounds like this album not even the later uh i don't know if they did it intentionally or if it was just how it came out but all the other boot camp projects from smith and wesson to the fab five nothing sounds like how into the stage sounds just like that especially like when i i got that doom doom, like it's just like so bass heavy but dense at the same time It's, it's crazy but yo you know how many MCs? Mm-hmm. That's 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 my one as far as like that album. When I that that sample of KRS and just the just the bounce on it, great album. Man. And and when you really think about it, like you know we we look at Buck as a you know always looking at him as an adult, but he was super young. You know, like he was you know yeah, he, around this time, uh, late teens, you know, early twenties around that time as far as when they recorded and then when this was out I mean, you know he just carried himself like a <laughs> like a mature individual yeah you know, that, that's what i always he, mean by him he, like he, he he reminded me like how he carried himself like how rock him like dead serious even though i'm smiling like like yeah. he was he was he was not with the shits like yeah, like, <laughs> yeah it, it, you know so so yeah man salute to him i, I definitely had to include him and uh, the guys that we're recognizing in 93. What about you, man? Who's uh, your next person? 93, man. This this one was, was difficult because 
he was part of of another eighty man clique. But by far, in in nineteen ninety three, M E T H O D man, like Method Man was was that guy. Like I mean, it would it would really you would, you would see it also later in ninety four, but in nineteen ninety three, he was the star of the Wu Tang Clan. Like. As much as all those dudes were individuals and had their own moments to shine, like from the standpoint of having his own solo song basically on on their debut album, you know, to that being like the, you know, a huge single for them, you know, to just being for for women, like I, I seen girls like he did an in-store and girls like lose their shit when this dude you know walks in like start crying like on some michael jackson shit like it was it was it was amazing to see like and i and i and i can't imagine being him you know going from you know slinging on the block to like having you know girls damn near pass out when they see you so just but like his his flow on like every song that that was on 36 chambers all of the the uh the features they did like they they had the joint with no hooks with Shaq and you know all the other uh joints that he did he was just he was just the brightest star in a room full of stars so for, for that alone of uh, having uh fat bags of skunk and white arrow dubs <laughs> i mean and you could see and you could you can see the star quality on screen in the Method Man video. You could just you could just see like he was he was like like you know depending it doesn't really matter who you think is the better one. You it's hard to argue that he wasn't the most you know star ready. Mm, mm-hmm. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Um he, he had that charisma. I think they all, in their own right, if you look at yeah. the, nine, the nine brothers that are in the, the, the principles of, of the group, I think they all had their own different type of charisma. But his is probably the most um, palpable. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was ready for pop consumption. Yeah. <laughs> a, like, and yeah. you know, Dev Jam took it and ran with it, and he became. A, a huge star to the point where he's doing you know a lot of the the people we've talked about so far are you know s- legit actors you know mm-hmm. to have legit acting credits you know yeah. queen latifah's you know uh oscar nominated right. you know meth's on hbo you know mm-hmm. in, a, yeah. in a serious role yeah i mean so mm-hmm. and then you know even now you look at the show that he does the lip sync or the the um the, the battle show yeah the, the uh <laughs> i'm drawing the bike but yeah the the uh the rap yeah. battle where uh celebrities rap battle yeah so i'm like man he, you know he's still still yeah. going that charisma man is not not something that you can that you can teach yeah so man salute salute to and he tore down sway with, with uh, black thought yeah he did. <laughs> you know he did. he did definitely so yeah all man, right. can still go um all right so yeah uh moving on with the list uh i i got two you got two so far uh with uh, i got Tretch and buckshot you got the queen and meth um i'm just gonna just uh take it to um you know well 
this this was a tough one just because I mean there there's so many people that we wanted to highlight, but um when we look back at, at 93, and we may have a mutual one or two of these, but um it was the year of Snoop Dogg the dog. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> and you know, for for there's a lot of people that still have never listened to the chronic that that could recite uh, doggy style from top to bottom, but it never yeah. the chronic. Yeah, when you told me that, I, I had to think about it, and I was like, "Yo, that's that's wild to me." But yeah. I but I asked a couple people, and 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 you are correct in that. Like, and I'm like, how? Like, mm-hmm. like that's like the like almost like the the that's like the prequel almost. Well, it's it's like it's like for like the Star Wars reference, like it's like Empire Strikes Back is doggy style. And then the chronic is Star Wars and New Hope. It's like, yeah, okay, like the, the first, you know, whatever you want to say, episode four or whatever. Like, yeah, you definitely need to to watch that to really get it. But you know, you could just watch Empire Strikes Back and be like mesmerized by it. True. And I think that same thing kind of happens with Doggy Style. It's like it was so good by itself. Most people didn't even care to even know about the backstory if they didn't have to like it, it wasn't imperative for people to, to get into it like that and there were so many like the like the it came out um i remember it came out right around thanksgiving like i think that tuesday before thanksgiving and yeah. my cousin um it was black friday and she's like she was visiting and she's like yo we gotta go to the mall i gotta get this new scoop doggy dog record and she's like not a hip-hop fan like i was i was offended i'm like why why are you so pressed to get this album like uh like what's your favorite song on the chronic and i remember asking her that she was like what's that i was like what (laughs) man (laughs) (laughs) i said what she's like what i mean what what's that what's the chronic i was like oh sweetie (laughs) yeah i was like i was like and i was like you you might want to listen to that first before you get into this album and she was like, ah, maybe I'll get around to it. And then we ended up going to the mall as a family. And, you know, she got that or whatever. But long story short, I mean, she didn't really need to listen. Like, the doggy style was that good that when we were listening to it, I was like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess you were right. Like, you, maybe you don't need to listen to it. But, um, yeah, it just, like, you want to talk about charisma and someone that was just a just flat-out star, it was, it was young Calvin. You know, and, and as we're seeing now, much like the people that we've mentioned before, uh, you know, he's just the star of stars. It's amazing to see the transformation of Snoop Dogg from being one of the most feared people yeah. in America to yeah. being America's sweetheart. Like, yeah. he's on, he's, I've seen him on ESPN. He's been on ESPN, TBS. Mm-hmm. Uh, you name it. VH1, all, the, all these different channels. And he's not rapping at all. He has a gospel album right now. Yeah, it wasn't like half bad. <laughs> no, he, he was on the BET Awards. He did some 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 tracks from mm-hmm. from Doggy Style, and then and then you know did a little mini intermission and came back and did gospel songs. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> and he's also done a reggae album, and he's done like a like a like a throwback seventies kind of album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, he's 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 definitely like I said, like there's there's so much that we can talk about with him. But I wanted to make sure that he was just mentioned like that, man. Who else you got, man? 
All right, so my number three, we could just keep it moving, was your number five. I had Tretch because mm-hmm. I just I just thought like Hip Hop Array was such a huge ass mm-hmm. song that it it, it it resonated with it got it, it made its way to middle America, you know, where people people that had no business and had no idea what they were saying were going, hey, oh. Drop that record and people do the oh, yeah. people, the, people, the sway to left and right with that. Yeah, it, it was the precursor to the swag surf. Yeah, you know yeah I mean? exactly. So it it was it was that big of a of a song. I remember you know being in eighth grade at the, the in the beginning part of '93 and people doing it like. And having no idea who Nutty by Nature was, mm-hmm. like just just you know, knowing the album, <laughs> just knowing the hey, but you know, like that's you know. like you're on the third album, like they've given you such joints as OPP, like, yeah, yeah, like what? <laughs> <laughs> An uptown anthem, and you're telling me like, oh, this is your introduction to them. Yeah, yeah but that, but that's hilarious to me that that's that's the introduction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and you know, because that that joint dropped. Uh, February, mm-hmm. so yeah, so like it was, it was my last year in middle school, right before I was about to start high school. But yeah, I remember specifically, like you know, a teacher going, "Hey, yo," mm-hmm. and doing the- that was that was a that was a classic moment, uh, Def Comedy Jam, where Martin came out and they were doing that, and uh, uh, he pointed to the girl. He said, "Hey, ho," and, <laughs> you know, and then they did the you know the the. The, uh, the the standard uh, fall out of your seat, uh, roll on the floor. That's 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 where uh, rolling on the floor, laughing my ass off came. <laughs> From Def Jam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, definitely shout out to Trudge, man, because he, yeah. he he was just you know just just so good, mm-hmm. you know. And and Queen Latifah was on sleeping on Jersey. Yeah, on nineteen. So you know, just just to bring it back. So, so that was my number three. Uh, who you have at uh, number two? Fife Didog, man. Fife Didog, rest in peace, baby. Yeah, no, definitely rest in peace. And you know, anybody that's listened to this show before that knows us knows how we feel about Tribe and, and their impact on um, us. Pretty much anybody that that we can have. Uh, a real tribe conversation with uh, has ended up being a, a lifelong friend. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my brother B. Johnson. That's right, man. That that's one of the reasons why he he, he will forever be my dude is because uh, in college, man, we we stayed you know in the same hall, and even though everybody claims that they love hip hop and rap, and yeah, it's true. I guess you do to a sense, in a sense. But he was the one person that stuck out to me because when when either I would play Tribe or we would talk about Tribe, his eyes lit up the same yeah. way mine did. And that's why that's my guy. Because we could just relate in a way that most people couldn't. And that's and how we bonded. I mean, because like going back the, the same way how I was mentioning, you know, the early part of 93 was, was you know, Naughty by nature. The the later part of '93, I was I was a freshman in high school when yeah. me and B Johnson first met, and that's one of the ways that we bonded was over yeah. Midnight Marauders. No question. You know, so that's that that was like the beginning of our friendship. You know, just a 
just a couple months into you know you know the formative years you know freshman in high school yeah you know our our crew of friends who we're all still friends to this day you know one of the things that bonded us was tribe i mean shout out to walt and and the homie ron and you know so it was just like just how we bonded man Mm -hmm. so yeah so i mean you know again i mean we, we we can't give Fife enough love, enough credit for his influence on on who we've been, you know, over the past, you know, thirty years. Assassin knocking fleas out your car. But yeah, uh, you know, someone, uh, you know, these these questions come up every now and again. Uh, you know, what do y'all think about this? What about that? And I think there's Crook's Corner that's coming out um, weekly now. I guess as a like question of the week or. You know, question on on Twitter and whatnot. Might be doing them daily, man. He might, yeah, he might. Because yeah, he, he linked up with XXL, I think. Right. And of course, one of the ones, of course, right around um, this, this the honoring of, of Prodigy was, yo, who got who got the best opening lines in, in hip hop, man? You know, we got an episode about that, but um, you know, you can't really get too far down the list before you mention Five Dog, and that, mm-hmm. that's something that he always brought to the table. Bo knows that. Yeah. You know, even though that's not 93, but I mean, that's just yeah. a classic. But then, you know, it's just a testament to him. And then in, in 93, um, you know, just what they were able to do and what they meant to to us, you know, that it goes without saying, man, you know, Midnight Marauders, favorite album, Tribe, you know, favorite group, and, you know, Fife, just indelible. Won't, won't ever be forgotten. Well, I might have to... Uh, <laughs> Might have to do a punch it, man. God damn it, man. <laughs> oh man, Let, let's go on to the next one, man. Yeah, it's what's, it's what's uh, one, man. I start eye sweating out here. Um, so, all right. So my number two was, uh, and I didn't do this on purpose, but it just it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah. Uh, Tupac. Yeah. Uh, and, and for all the things that we mentioned earlier, uh, just he was really he was really starting to become Tupac, like. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he had already released uh, Tupacalypse Now and Brenda's Got a Baby was such a, you know, groundbreaking, you know, achievement for him and Trap was a dope song. And, but this, these are the songs that would, that would start to define him. You know, two of the, two of hip hop's greatest songs, Keep Your Head Up and I Get Around, you know, were, were birthed in you know they were released in 1993 on this album and they were just one they were they were hits right out the gate but they they transcended you know hip-hop culture and became pop culture you know keep your head up became the slang it was on the bootleg t-shirt of the month and i get around for that matter (laughs) (laughs) i mean so i definitely have one yeah, so it was it was just one of those things, and and those really made him into a star. Like that that lasting image of him with the uh, striped Carl Kanai on, you know. I remember Marvin Gaye used to say to me, "Yo, this is him coming right fresh off of Poetic Justice, off of Juice." I mean, yo, let's yo real quick, man. You mentioned the bootleg T-shirts, and you know anybody that that. <laughs> Grew up in the you know late eighties, early nineties, like you know you remember short sets, of course. 
Oh yeah, um, the Bart Simpson shit. Bart, Bart Simpson. I mean, and then you know they started to get into the sports apparel a little bit without a license. Don't uh, please, please believe it, it wasn't licensed. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> when you had, license thing you speak of? Right when you had your socks, you know, uh, white socks turned or whatever. But yo, the bootleg T-shirts, yo, in '93, you know, just mentioning Carl like, cannot bootlegs, but and like yo, his, 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 like his joint, like his keep your head up, the Tupac joint, or you know, uh, like. I get a round joint, like, yo, that, if you had that, like, you was moving units. Oh, yeah, that was, that was Dope Boy uh, Couture, yo. <laughs> man, you was, I mean. If you had a legit, the, the legit one that he had at yeah, that time, yeah, yeah. You, you, uh, you was a bad motherfucker, man. Yeah, you was moving. Uh, but, I mean, just back to those shirts, like, when you look at, um, like, you know, I guess they would sell them. You see them now still, like, some of the really bad shirts at, like, concerts in the parking lots guys sell them for five dollars or whatever but like that that really does go to show like and it's kind of being retro now but like that was the start of mc slash rappers becoming like comic book heroes yes you know where the merchandise and their likeness being able to wear it and represent them was a thing you know and it was something that people was were looking forward to to purchase yeah, well, 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 one to your point technology didn't lend itself to the quality t-shirts so it was right. a lot of witty hutton t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> out there in the streets because <laughs> it, it just it was just so expensive to even do that you had to do it in match you like i could do a one-off t-shirt now right. and you know in in a matter of minutes you know and if i really want to i can i can do this shit from the house right you know so it's it's just one of those things but in in 93 it just wasn't it just wasn't realistic i remember the, the and it was always for me it was always so hard to get carl Kanai because it was, all the shit was so big pause it was just it was just ridiculously oversized because mm-hmm. that was the style and then i was already a little dude so just trying to find one that was like I could, I was okay with it being big, but just it couldn't be a nightgown. Right. I mean, so just finally finding one that fit, that was legit. It it was it was a good feeling. Um, it wasn't. I wanted to keep your head up one, but that was like you said. That was. That was if you had that joint, you was you was the man <laughs> in the streets. So you, you, you was you was literally moving yeah. weight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so but yeah, just. Just Tupac in 1993, man. He just had such a hell of a year. I mean, that that album is would, would be the launching pad for everything that would come after it. Um, that was the beginning of the early formalization of Thug Life, um, which we would, you know, he would become synonymous with. It would the name of the group with his brother, and you know, of course, the Tats, and which would eventually. You know his uh connection um back to tretch like they that was just his uh his guy so it was just you know it was it, you would just see the star you, you already like i said you already started because the year before he was coming off of juice and and uh poetic justice so it was just a matter of him just taking the next step with the music yeah 
so yeah, man, shout out to them. Uh, we we usually have one left in our uh, just most influential, just favorite artist uh, from 1993. Um, yeah, I struggle with this because it's just like there's just so many, but. I was like, well, I mean, I might as well just give my man Cube some props because when is it wrong to give Ice Cube? <laughs> <laughs> when you, you know, when you're talking about um, classic albums and you talk about like, you know, who who was able to put together a string of, um, you know, just uh, great albums in a row, and um, you know, this this was the Ice Cube that we saw that that latched on to. Um, you know, this was the Bootsy Collins slash uh, <laughs> Sir Jinx slash, you know, Big shout uh, out to Sir Jinx, man. yeah, but you know, just uh, George, George Clinton, you know, version of, of Ice Cube that we ended up seeing uh, create a different type of sound. Like it did, it was G Funk, but it was, it was definitely from that um, George Clinton, yeah, this was. This was Lethal Injection Ice Cube, um, really yeah. though, and yeah, and I mean he he had kind of gotten away from like he's like all right like uh, I'm gonna leave y'all dudes alone to get my money like I think you know on the previous albums you saw where he still was he still just wasn't happy with with how everything ended um, you know as, as far as with the group and, and everything and I, I think we started to see him make his way. Um, you know, from away from that to becoming such a, a, a mogul in a sense, like he, he took steps towards really becoming a guy that, that we know today. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, so. he, he was he was heavy in the movies. He was, yeah, he was, he was filming in 93. He was filming on Glass Shield, which was like his first. Yeah. Like, it, well, he had done other serious roles. I mean, obviously, Boys in the Hood was his first movie. So, I mean, there was. Of course there were serious roles but yeah um in 93 he had a quick cameo in cb4 but um and he was coming off a of trespass but then he he was, he was filming glass shield um in 93 which would drop in 94 and then he and then you know just in 95 then it was like his real breakout year where he would do friday friday and, and higher learning yeah so that's what i'm saying like you, you just saw the 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 transition i guess yeah in 93 from from what i from from an article i read he was actually writing he was he was writing friday friday yeah as, as he was recording uh for the uh lethal injection album mm. that's amazing yeah <laughs> yeah now that that's amazing man um and you see what he's doing now. I mean, he's someone that always was into sports and whatnot. Yeah, doing the big three, which is which is dope. You know, giving these dudes another outlet after their NBA careers. You know, if, if you if you ever wanted to see how uh, how uh, some of these YMCA battles or how how jail ball might be, <laughs> <laughs> my, my man Crypto Nate. Wasn't <laughs> with the shits. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but yeah, definitely. Um, Cube, man, I wanted to give him a shout along with 
uh, the other people that we mentioned. And who you got, man, as, as we go oh, towards man. another you, you had him at three. I don't know how you had him that low, but I, I, had, I, had, I had to go with the S-N-double-O-P, man. D-O-double-G-Y, the D-O-double-G. Yeah. I mean, 1993, like, the anticipation for Doggy Style was, was incredible. One, coming, coming off the chronic and, and all that, but I remember What's My Name being, like, such a big deal and then having the the, the animation where he where he transformed from a dog to, to Snoop, which was, like, the only other place you had ever seen anything like that, for real, for real, was black or white. So, the, you know, Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. So, so it, Michael Jackson and Snoop—he was basically doing what the biggest star in the world was doing, mm-hmm. you know. So that, in and of itself, was like, yo, this, this is gonna be crazy. And I was never a, the the biggest fan of What's My Name until later on, and and I liked it more and more. And I like I played it the other day. I played the whole album. It was rocking, mm-hmm. like singing the nasty dog no <laughs> but but like that was the draw that was the, the, the little hook to get you know to get you know the casual fan in there but everything on doggy style was just phenomenal like it was it was crisp it, it's a it, to me it's a perfect album like it and, and it's probably a top three debut all time you know for me um just just phenomenal work i mean the shiznit which is still probably my favorite snoop song uh the skits you know the little light that jabs uh not too heavy on the features although corrupt and daz definitely has some standout moments on there on uh bitches and niggas ain't no fun and um, Doggy Dog World, but you know, had Malik on there, which he was the only dude. Which, which I always wonder how that that <laughs> that came about. But um, Illegal, which is another group that dropped in '93, uh, Little Malik from Illegal was on um, Pump Pump, which was the last song on Doggy Style. And shout out to everybody that had the tape, because for whatever reason, yeah, um, I. It's, for some reason they hadn't mastered how to format cd so at, at to this point up until about 2003 probably uh cds could only be 74 minutes long they, they they didn't know how to format them any other way so if an artist made songs the the, the albums would never be more than 74 minutes and if they were they would cut songs off but those songs would still be on the cassette so a song of, and it's still like that on even on streaming services. Uh, the song G's Up Holds Down mm-hmm. doesn't appear on the CD, yeah, it, it's only on the cassette. Uh, it, it's not even on streaming services, which I just thought they should, even though the skit is on there that, that proceeds the song, mm-hmm. the song itself is not there, but so that was, and even that, which was supposed to be a throwaway or a bonus. And that song was fire. So, you know, they turned Murder Murder was a case. They turned that into a movie a year later and then made a soundtrack for it. You know, so they took one single, made a mini movie, <laughs> and then made a soundtrack for the mini movie. You know, Death Row was just printing money at this point. And, like, he was the catalyst. He was the flagship artist. I mean, his, 
as integral as Dre was with the production, you know, Daz had started doing beats, but Snoop was the face of Death Row. He was the voice of Death Row. And I got, I got two words for you, man. I'm innocent. <laughs> oh yeah, and then there was that. Uh, <laughs> In, in the in the middle of being the biggest star in, in in music, you know, having the number one debut uh, with Doggy Style, Doggy Style is if it's not Diamond, it's very close to Diamond. Mm-hmm. Uh, status, he was, but at the time, Snoop was also on trial for murder, which that up in itself is like he had Johnny Cochran as his lawyer though, mm-hmm. so uh, you know. As, as my brother said, he was innocent because uh, Johnny Johnny worked his magic, and and maybe he could have very well been innocent. We, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, but speaking speaking of just that album, just really quick, just some of the, the facts about it. Like you said, um, definitely Diamond worldwide uh, in the states peaked at about seven million um, first week first week numbers. Uh, you know, roughly about uh, eight hundred thousand physical copies. Yeah. Not, Remember, <laughs> not no. you know, not that he shipped eight hundred. No, bullets. Yeah, these were purchased in people's possession. Number one on Billboard. Yeah, you know, uh, number for, one for, on the Billboard top two hundred. So let, let's for, be clear. For, for a hip hop release to do that in nineteen ninety three, I mean, that was just unheard of, and like you said, it just catapulted him to. Uh, a different stratosphere like people just weren't used to rap stars being that popular yeah. like n- not that po- like first week 800,000 in 1993 that's like you know like Madonna you know Madonna that's reserved that was reserved for a certain ilk of yeah. pop music and um for him for him to do that like that um was just unheard of and it, it just really represented the the stranglehold that that dre really had you know yeah. um you know coming off of the chronic and then going directly into this album it, it really showed and it's just like all just like the little nuanced stuff in the albums that the dre did and that you know snoop did from the skits to you know, just the way that they sequence stuff to the cover of Lottie Dottie, you know, the, the nod to slip the pick. Hey, hey man, just 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 on that alone, that was uh in in somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm ninety-nine percent sure that is the first time a hip hop artist covered another hip hop artist's song. Like it's pretty close, man. I mean, as, as, I mean, I'm talking about like not not, <laughs> not a live not show, <laughs> not, 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 <laughs> not 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 uh not uh Big Bang Hank uh Jack uh Kaz's lyrics. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about you know acknowledging yo like yo this is my guy Slip Rick song. I'm going to rap it and throw my own little flavor on. And I mean, he turned it into a, a smoothed out G funk like rendition. Because I mean, yeah. When you think, when you know, when you yeah. think about, yeah, <laughs> you know, when you think about Lottie Dottie, like, and you think about what what Doug and and, and Ricky did, like, it, you know, that was kind of up tempo. It was acapella yeah. in a sense, but it still, you know, still had a, a beat behind it. So it was it's kind of up tempo in the way he just smoothed, he, yeah. smoothed it out. You know, yo, 
but um just a just a couple more things about doggy style um because i mean well i mean we kind of kind of jumped the gun because i guess we were going to talk about albums but i mean since we're here now shit um the cover <laughs> the cover is iconic for his uh created by his uh his cousin uh joe cool um just i, re- I remember that being a, a little little controversial they would put like stickers over the 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 the, the cartoon uh dog tail peeking out of the dog house mm-hmm. But I mean, everything was done to the to the to the illest effect. I I remember getting the vinyl of Doggy Style, and because it came out uh, holiday season, as you said, like like the the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, the vinyl came out in December, and it was a double vinyl, and there was a limited edition one of there was a red album and a green album and it had a sticker on it that said merry motherfucking christmas yeah. which uh, from death row records which was just the illest thing uh of, of that and it was just they sold so many records i just i just gotta point one last thing out <laughs> um there's there's uh actually 19 tracks on there when you count uh when you count the skits, if you if you if you count it as as it is like that, mm-hmm. um, but of the songs on the album, "Gin and Juice," which is iconic video, um, "Lottie Dottie," "Murder Was the Case," "G's and Hustlers," "Doggy Dog World," those those five songs, they. When I was when this song when this album came out, nineteen ninety three, Power ninety nine had a, a a nine song countdown. The Power Nine at nine. Those five songs were all five of them were actually in the countdown, <laughs> played on the radio. You know they had to you know work magic to to get the edits out. But I remember Gin uh, and Juice being number one. Uh, Lottie Dottie being number two, Jesus Hustlers being like number five, and then it was like Doggy Dog World was like uh, the newest one of the songs that was at nine, and then uh, oh, uh, what's my name was 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 still on the countdown. It was just, it was just a ridiculous thing. They had at one point they had six of the nine songs at one point for like a, a month. You talking about five days a week for a month? Six of the nine songs on, uh, six of the nine on the countdown were from Doggy South. So that was just, a, and that was just in in Philly. I mean, that not even saying what, how it was in California. You know, I can't even imagine. Yeah, and then and then I came down here in the summer, all through the, you know the following year because it, it it banged that whole '94. It finished. It finished. I think it finished ninety four in like either like three or four on the Billboard top two hundred. Mm-hmm. You no, know, so it was it was just an impactful album where you know where you don't see that kind of longevity these days. Music's very consumable. It's very disposable. But it was it's also had, one of those ones where it, you know people have purchased it multiple times in their life. Yeah, I've owned like, several copies. <laughs> I own several copies. Right? 
So, I just I just told you that I, I had the I, I had the cassette and uh-huh. then I, I tried to run and bought the vinyl and that was yeah. just in 1993. Right. So that's not even counting the multiple CDs I had. Right. You know. Yeah, man. So yeah, so we we kind of we used the opportunity to talk about some of the most influential people, um, and also talk about uh, the <laughs> yeah dog 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 some of their some of their uh, songs and albums and stuff. So I'm just gonna just talk about uh, five joints that I can't leave behind when you talk about 1993. Like if you if you tell me I, I gotta play five joints. For, for somebody to really give them a good five idea. albums or five songs five songs so uh no particular order uh doggy dog world is, is by far that's one of my favorite records ever man like i, <laughs> I, 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 I told you why <laughs> like even even when you just get down to the point with the, you know, the dramatics like the, just like you you know how soul music is and like when they're really trying to convince you about something they they tell it to you, and then they tell it to you again. But when when they get to that point where he's talking about Snoop, and he said, "Talking about you, Snoop," <laughs> like that's Yo, one of my all-time favorite moments in any song, man. Yo, Love I was you. rolling because like when you first told me that, I like I had it was it was funny, but like that, and then like yo, Mel, now me and the champ, anytime that part come, we 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 do that, and then we <laughs> we rolling, be like yo. <laughs> talking about you, talking oh, about yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that, that's one of my favorites. Um, I get around, gets the party going. You, you'll see me doing the pop dance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anytime that comes on, for sure. Um, electric relaxation, um, definitive song on my my soundtrack of my life. Um, can it be? Can it? Can it? Um, be also simple. Uh, just that just that just takes me back in a, in a way that a lot of songs don't um and uh chief rocker one of my favorite mm. songs of all time yeah man uh, uh my, my my list my list is similar to yours i had i had some of the uh joints that you had mm-hmm. uh but all right so but i had uh i had cream because just mm-hmm. that's just that 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 music that that soul music from RZA and then just Ray and Deck just they just killed it. Uh, I told you about um, the alcoholics and how important they were to me in loving hip hop. The song Liquid. Any anytime I that that song right there just it's it's one of the songs I listen to probably more than than most. And I absolutely thought these dudes were were like the most amazing wordsmiths when I heard Liquid. Um, I remember hearing that on Radioactive on Power 99. Shout out to the homie Kobe. Uh, another favorite from 93. I gotta get mine. Um, MC Breed and Tupac. Uh, for my money, my favorite all-time Tupac verse. Um, always gotta do my fake uh, limited Tupac impression every mm-hmm. time I Keep my mind on my money. <laughs> uh, but like him in that video, that was like I I I think that might have been the first time he mentioned uh Thug Life was on I gotta get my I little Thug Life baby. I'm hopeless, choking on endo, trying to keep my focus. Don't let that bullshit worry me. 
Fuck the fame. I'm true to the game till they bury me. God gave me game, so I'm hustling. Pull out some liquor for my niggas. Tupac is still struggling. My nigga breathe through the time. Yeah. And it, and the crazy part about that song, neither one of those guys are no longer with us, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. For vastly different reasons, but the fact remains that that they're not. And uh, that song is just it's just one of them things. It's just like I imagine they're they're uh, they're somewhere they're kicking back, talking about how ill that video was. I remember. Yeah. Um, Chief Rock I had because you know I, I I jokingly told the champ uh, we I was gonna uh, name our kid Lord Chief Rocker number one. Uh, that <laughs> you imagine how well that flew. Um, and then how many MCs we mentioned that uh, just just incredible uh, from the boot camp click and um it but it's it's so many songs i mean you you yeah. know you know five is never enough for me but i mean krs had some uh sound of the police and it was just man so yeah. so much classicness uh how about some hardcore yeah you know you know um you, you mentioned the lakes but definitely make room is there up there mm-hmm. um and we talk I got about- a bad job with, with king t <sighs> what What's your favorite uh, brew? Oh, what it make you do? Go pee. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, well, one of the joints from the from Doggy Style. You mentioned Doggy Dog World, but uh, yeah. bitches and niggas, uh, corrupt, corrupt man. Like th- at show. this point in 1993, mm-hmm. you, know, you couldn't tell me corrupt wasn't. You yeah. know, the best MC. I mean, yeah. it, it was to the point where, like, he was getting props from people everywhere. Like, I remember, yeah. I remember Big was on the couch and they asked him, like, who are some of the guys that, you know, that you look up as corrupt? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like he was he was that, you know, he was spitting to the point where he was getting that type yeah. of music from everybody. Slow flow, D O W G. Yeah, yeah. yeah. CD double fools, but you can't see me, nigga. Yeah. Yo, like he was—he was just so like their their whole camp was like just so their confidence was so high, like they could do anything, and like it, it showed in the music, and they, they just killed it. And the other thing too, just to just uh, just mention that too, like you realize like what it would take in order for you to be so brazen and so confident out there, especially when um, it, everything is depicted as there being so many tough guys, like. Everybody wants to prove they're tougher than the toughest or toughest than the, tougher than whoever. And for them to just be out there and for them to be talking that talk like that, like that's the type of talk that people yeah. test you for. And they they were just like, yo, well, we they it. It. you know, so that that always stuck out to me too. It was like now you know can no click fuck with death rizzo like yeah. it, i mean it just goes to show you like like to your point like how powerful they were in not only in music but in the streets like i mean yeah you've seen the documentaries we've heard the stories they they are who they said they were yeah you know i mean and the fact that you know that the head of the label was a was a blood and these guys are notorious you know crips but you know Red and blue make green. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it is what it is. Um Break of Dawn, uh, you said uh mentioned that as being like a quintessential hip hop song. Oh, it's it's one of the, the those perfect hip hop songs. Like I didn't everything beats rhyme sample. 
Like, how do they get that clear? Like, yo, like, like Mike must have fucked with, you know, <laughs> you know, three feet high rising. Yeah, so, no, that, that's that. That is crazy. Like, what? What? Like, they were on Tommy Boy, right? Mm-hmm. Tommy Boy was that under Sony? No, no. Because I'm thinking that because that that would be my thinking. Like, that would be the only way you could get that clear. Like, no, that was probably like a some some crazy favor for a favor type thing. Yeah, they they had to know somebody like. Like he or he maybe he just really just maybe he just really just fuck with him. Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe he like uh me myself and I was like, all right. <laughs> like like I, like yeah, because nah. I mean, who was using Michael Jackson samples at that time? Not me. I mean, not like that. Not not then. Not like that. No, that that always made me. I, at first, I'm like, yo, is Mike? Is that Mike? Is that Mike? Yeah, because you, you, you hear it, you're like, mm, I gotta, I gotta That's wonder. Like, you know, no, no, no Drake, uh, no, no made up joints like Drake. So I'm like, is is that Mike? I got real samples from Mike. No, <laughs> but yeah, man, no, so many tracks that we could obviously go over. Yeah, man, insane in the membrane. Just, I mean, down with the king. Yeah, look, man, no shoelaces. Yeah. Uh, paint cookies in a plastic bag. Still don't understand, but I, I get it. I mean, it is a uh, vibe. Punk ship up to get beat down. Yeah. Love yeah. me or leave me alone. Yeah. Onyx. Shout out, shout out to, shout out to <laughs> Hank. What up, Hank? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't, can't leave Onyx out of this, yo, because I'm going to tell you, like, I didn't, I didn't mention all these uh, albums. Mm-hmm. I don't think I played anything more than Onyx. I remember my brother Gene and my and my homie Yusuf, they shaved their hair, yo. And I used to call them uh Fredro and Sticky, yo. Cause they That that whole that whole look though, I mean, even with the Fab Five. Yeah um, man. You know, just with that shaved head look and with, with Onyx and uh even uh Bo King Woodbine like it like at, at that point money was shaving his head. <laughs> At that point, money was shaving his head. Like it, it was yeah, a, man. it was it was, it was a thing. Phenomenon. Barkley, yeah. right? Exactly. So um, MVP Charles Barkley. Yeah, MVP Charles Barkley '93. So yeah, God lied to him though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but before we uh, head towards <laughs> before we head towards uh, the end, the end of this uh, trip down memory lane, uh, we we talked about '93 before, but we just wanted to, to reiterate it just because we are uh, 25 years just away from that time, but you know, still a lot of that um, influence and impact is still reigning true. So we wanted to do that with this episode here, but um, we we talked about artists, we talked about obviously some songs, but uh, the the next uh just little segment here just talking about um if i if i told you okay for the for the month of july there's only five albums that you mm-hmm. that you can listen to from 1993 you can't listen to anything else um i'm gonna go ahead and give you my five and then you can go with yours um we've mentioned all of these guys pretty much in in some form or fashion over the past hour or so but um uh, 1993 would be in there. Okay. Doggy Style, which we just talked about, would, would be in there. Uh, Into the Stage would be in there. Uh, Into the Wu Tang, 36 Chambers would be in there, and then Midnight Marauder. So I mean, that gives me a nice mix. Yeah. You know, even even if um, I'm 
just chilling i could probably make a playlist out of some of the songs there to um so that it's not so uh raucous <laughs> and crazy i could take a couple of the tribe songs and mellow out to those i could take um a couple of the, the woo songs and mellow out to those too and then still um have you know some of the the boom bap um that's in there with enter the stage um you know this is just a a nice mix of songs i think within those five albums to get me through the month what about you man um i had to had gotta give an honorable mention shout out real quick the the master a slaughterhouse which was one of my favorite joints at the time ass nigga uh, go and purchase it i ain't do all this work for shit. um no jeep ass nigga which would uh be transformed into born to roll and with yeah. make uh ace uh a star for a time yeah, um sure. but jeep ass nigga just the, it was hard as hell um shout out to Torre because he talked about this how he just he how he loved that joint too um Diggable Planets, man, Reaching was uh, one of the joints that we didn't talk about, but I really, really love that song. I, I love Mecca Bug. <laughs> I love Ladybug. Uh, still. Um, yo. Yeah. Uh, but but the, the, the music itself. That, yo, that, uh, yo, let me ask you this. Why was Rebirth and Slick such a cultural phenomenon? Like, from not necessarily, I mean, of course, within our culture, but like outside, like, why why was it such a huge hit? It was one, it was catchy, it, it was it was non threatening because you had you had so much gangster shit going on all around you, and even the people that weren't really gangster, their music could be perceived as such mm-hmm. such as like, uh, like somebody like KRS who wasn't a gangster per se, mm-hmm. but. He made aggressive music. You know what I mean, Sound of the Police is, is aggressive, and you know, Black Cop. They, those are some aggressive ass songs. But Rebirth of Slick was uh, it was jazzy, so it, it was it had that that right kind of you know tempo. It was it had the catchy hook. You know, it had a memorable hook. Well, yeah, I think I think that yeah, definitely. Like I I remember people that didn't look like us that were like hey i'm cool like that yeah I, 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 yeah I, i'm funny like that you know and then and then you had that you had a little bit of something for everybody you had the uh you had uh ladybug on there for the for the uh for the ladies you had you had multiple MCs, so you had these all these different flavors on this one record and it just became a a, a phenomenon man and i mean shout out to them they won the grammy for uh, Rebirth of Slick, um, which is still a dope song, but like just so many other joints that were actually on that album, like Where I'm From is, a, is, is just a lot of a lot of dope joints on there. So, but for my actual five though, um, similar to yours, um, I had I had the, the Alcoholics 21 and over just because you know, like like you said, make room only when I'm drunk. Uh, Liquid, uh, last call, like these these songs. It was only ten songs on the album, but those joints, just I don't drink cause of quit, bullshit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it was just so many. Like they they just were fun and they were dope dope MCs and they just had this chemistry that was infectious. 
So that was one of my joints. Uh, also, staying on the West Coast, uh, Soldier Mission 93 Till. Uh, one of the best, most underrated albums in hip hop. Like, they, those guys didn't get enough credit for their talent as MCs, um, I don't think. Um, they still don't. But when you listen to the flavor that they gave you, they gave you bars, they gave you different kinds of flows, they told stories. I mean, battle rap, whatever. They it was so many different styles on there, but I mean they had the the '93 Till, which is just a an amazing song. But that's when you lost uh, was another joint. Um, I call myself the man. Loved I love that album. Uh, great production from uh, Domino. Not to be confused with Ghetto Jam Domino, mm-hmm. but shout uh, to Battle Cat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout out to uh, Hyro. And then um, the other three, man, the three joints you mentioned, uh, right in a row. I go doggy style for all the reasons we've mentioned tonight. Uh, Into the Wu-Tang, which just hard as hell, man. Just that them dudes, you know, help resurrect the East Coast um, because West Coast is really dominating the sound, mm-hmm. you know, for the past couple years at this point. And... End of the Woo was one of those first albums that that brought the, the gritty East Coast sound back in Riz's production with you know with just the mix of what I what what I will say is the most talented group of MCs ever assembled. I don't think they're the best group. That's a whole nother conversation. Um because their their work as a group, you know, they I think their individual work is better than their work as a group, but 36 Chambers is impeccable. Um, it's, you know, there's only, I, I would say there's only really like one misstep on the whole album. You know, that's the song Tears. I, I probably would have left that one off. But, you know, even that I can rock with. You know, <laughs> huh? I said the beat is still dope. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. That's probably why he's just like, yo, I got to use this. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yo, the one the one thing um, just to add about uh, Thirty Six Chambers that I love too was like I said, like I was somewhat of a snob back then. So uh, like eighth grade into ninth grade it was it was ninety three for us. And yeah, I was really coming into my own as far as like becoming what I thought was an authority on my music and my particular taste and um, the culture. And so whenever I saw someone that was maybe not trying to appropriate it but definitely was infiltrating something that i i found to be sacred i you know i just wasn't having it so i would always either put them on the spot or i would always be looking for something that wasn't necessarily the most popular thing and 36 chambers was that nice mix because of the fact that it was popular but a lot of people weren't on to it right away no they weren't and also going into 94 that like I think the way that it dropped was still kind of quiet in a sense and then like um once the single started to come on the other side of the year that's cream released as a single it was yeah, it was that's, out here. yeah that's that's when people really started to get into it but the thing that I liked was the fact that like you know I always had my walkman and you know like the girls would be like who are you listening to like, 36 chambers like oh what's that and then when they would listen to it they were just like couldn't really wrap their heads around it. 
you know, like it wasn't really lady friendly. <laughs> yeah. See, see my, my experience was similar, but it, the one thing was Method Man, like when it hit, it was it was in the city. It was so ridiculous. Like 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 I said, there were girls with Method Man posters in their lockers yeah. at school. I mean, he would like they might not have knew no other song on Thirty Six Chambers. Right, that was the one. That was day one, and like like you know, they was like I I actually knew a girl that didn't know he was like like didn't know that Wu Tang was a group or whatever. Mm-hmm. She just was like, oh, Method Man. She was like, she's like, I bought the Wu Tang and there was all these other people on there. I'm like, <laughs> but it was just. Well, because that was, that was also unheard of. Like, you got nine people in the group and then this one guy has a solo and write it smack yeah. in the middle of it. It's like, that, I mean, I don't blame her. She probably was really confused. Yeah. And it, it, but I mean, just like, they, those dudes were so, like, Oh, they they their branding was was phenomenal because you got all the all the, the the samples from the uh from the kung fu flicks mm-hmm. you got you you knew who each one of those guys were after listening to that album like you 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 would um they they each had their moments where they stood out you know and showed their personality like old dirty from shame on a nigga to uh rizzo on who ain't nothing to fuck with um it's incredible man yeah ray got his shine on cream inspected deck on cream ghost was on um on uh shadow shadow boxing mm-hmm. so i mean they all had the jizzle on on protect your neck you know and, you know master killer on shadow boxing so they all had their moments where where they shine but it just to, just to bring it full circle um freshman at central you know, you know, I graduate in class, we do about a number, so our class was two, five, six. So it since Wu Tang dropped in our freshman year when we when we originally got assigned a number, that became our thing. So you will still see people to this day, if you if you follow some of the people that went to school with me, you'll see two five six ain't nothing to fuck with. Or they'll have the initials for ain't nothing to fuck with right after because that that was the thing that we would say, like because it was it was just so fresh, like mm-hmm. like I don't know like what group of my friends started doing it, but like I it was just Wu Tang. We just kind of identified with them, you know. We had our little everybody was their little fake Wu Tang dude. My shout out to my man Jay who bought who bought RZA fangs. Oh man, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> like he he was all the way in he. He, he was uh he was on his old dirty slang you know he started learning the uh the the, the supreme mathematics mm-hmm. you know you know getting his culture ciphers and all that you know <laughs> you mean is he fucking did <laughs> well some of the great some of the great skits in in uh in 93 too man that that was one you know and he, uh my name is sam sneed <laughs> you better recognize <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, man. 1993 again. We just uh, 25th anniversary of all these great moments, all these great times. Um, and we, there's so much we didn't even talk about, man. We, we didn't talk about Scarface, the Ghetto Boys, Eight Ball, MJG. So we're just gonna just actually just mention a few things that we that we uh, some moments that we kind of just remembered happened um, around that time, just because. 
again, I mean, this is where you saw um, art imitating life and, you know, a lot of the, the, the things that we, um, that influence the world also influence uh, hip hop culture. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so um, in no particular order, again, um, it, it has to be documented, of course, that Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, and Midnight Marauders were released on the same day, November 9th, 1993. Mm -hmm. um, I had uh, both. Um, Midnight Marauders definitely got a lot of play before I really uh, was able to get into 36. But um, needless to say, that that's probably one of the best purchasing days I had. Uh, <laughs> pound for pound, I mean, I don't remember a day that, that where I, I've literally listened to both of those albums countless times, you know? I, I, I would, I would be, I would say my, my hot take is that there is no other release day better than that. When you talk about the quality in terms of hip hop, as far as the quality, because you talk about two, you know, arguably top 10 hip hop albums all time. You know, can't, yeah, you can't you, say that any other. You know, you know where where we how we feel about Midnight Marauders. I mean, that's that's top one for you. Yeah, you know, it's top three for me. You know, so yeah, I mean, you'd be yeah. hard pressed to say, well, no, what about this day, man? When I mean, there, there there's <laughs> some days where a lot of shit dropped, but yeah. to be that high and that high of quality, yeah. um, yeah, that's 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 definitely that's. That's like that's like the '96 draft or the 2003 draft. Like it's like, mm -hmm. you know, which one are you are you picking? But um, menace to society. We, we mentioned that before. Yeah. But, uh, Straight had, up menace had, had a lot of influence uh, over a lot of uh, <laughs> young young black men and women. Honestly, uh, a lot of old dogs out in these streets. That's definitely. Um, but yeah, that was that was May 26, 1993. Um, uh, Doggy Style was, of course, we mentioned that that was uh, November twenty third. Um, man, Michael Jordan retired, which was was huge for uh, uh, this, October. Yeah, October sixth, October sixth, nineteen ninety three. Um, man, uh, Monday Night Raw uh, premiered uh, January eleventh. Yeah, which was crazy. Uh, who's the man? Yeah, yeah. Who's who's the man? Was uh, what? Uh, that was that summer. I think that was like June 29th. Yep. Which would give us yeah. Party and bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Beginnings of the goat. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? Uh, I got one for you. You know. <laughs> give me a to baby, like um, Chris Weber. I yeah. got my yeah uh carolina cuts yeah. down the nets in new orleans uh, in the superdome uh shout out to donald williams yeah uh he was an uh, mlp bashing uh, out these posses <laughs> uh april 5th uh early birthday present for the bull yeah no nah, that's 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 lovely yeah um, and, and uh on my birthday i got my north carolina championship hat and i got my first north carolina jersey April that's, 9th. That's love. Um, as you mentioned before, Living Single, that premiered August 22nd, 1993. Um, 
I mean, just just a lot uh, of different moments, man. Bulls complete their uh, first three P. Yeah, shot to John Paxson. Yeah. You mentioned before, uh, Mike trusted him. Mike was like, "Yo, I will break your face if you don't make this shot." <laughs> uh, Martin. <laughs> yeah, Martin. The season finale of, of, of season one happened, and you know, uh, we found out that you know it got renewed, and we were getting more Martin. So that just made it even better. Oh, every every young male in the U.S. of A. <laughs> we'll appreciate this one. If you, if, you, if you were between the ages of, you know, 14 and down, <laughs> <laughs> September 24th, 1993, uh, Boy Meets World. Uh, the Topanga. Yeah. yeah Daniel, uh, Daniel Fisher to this day still B-A-B. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, on Girl Meets World, she's she's because uh, I, I believe she's the same exact age as us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. She, she was right in the wheelhouse, so. Yeah, no, nah, she definitely was. Yeah, just just a bad. Uh, what else happened? Uh, NBA Jam drops. Yeah, which uh, you know was the precursor to a lot of what we see now in terms of just uh, the explosion of. Uh, licensing with uh, the sports teams being able to have the actual likeness of your favorite player uh, you know be to scale to an extent it's the sixes fuck up the team for years to come by drafting Sean Bradley <laughs> when they could have had Penny or yeah, Chris Webber yeah they definitely could have put the magic or um, the Warriors in a, in a, in a tough bind if they would have uh, selected whoever you know they would have selected Penny instead. So um, of course they got Sean Bradley instead. Who I actually was in an elevator with in one um, with once, and um, person asked him what he did, and he said he was a jockey. Thought that was good. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy is like you know how like when you you like you Sean Bradley's what seven six? Yeah, seven six. But like hit like the his shoulders were like almost resting on the top of the elevator like he had to be hunched over like lurch yeah that's what i'm saying like his shoulders were basically at the top of the elevator pretty much like it was it was the weirdest thing she's like oh dog what do you do he was like i'm a jockey yo i would tell you about the dude at the nba (laughs) store at nba restaurant universal Mm -hmm. uh you know at um this dude we we at uh universal in orlando this dude is seven four, working at the NBA store. I'm like, how? I was like, yo, did you did you play any kind of pro basketball? It, 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 no, I did not. Yeah. I'm like, yo, how? Like, like <laughs> you won the genetic lottery? Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked at him like how Martin looked at John Sally and Bad Boys. Oh yeah, I was so mad. <laughs> I wanted to fight more. I'm like, yo, how are you seven? Dude, seven four. And it, and it was funny because we we got like uh like. You know, souvenir glasses from there, yeah. and they're like daiquiri glasses, so they have these real big joints. So he was like, "No, we're not gonna give you these that you drunk out of. We're gonna give you ones that's already boxed up." So he went, and it was on this high ass shelf. So he just reaches up there, and his arm unfolded like, like, like a, almost like a like a like a transformer. Like, ear, ear, ear. And he, he went and, and got the glasses. Out. I was like, "Oh," I was like, "See, they came in genetic lottery winner." Yeah, that, Yo, but I, you know, that, 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 that should have been for. Yo, man, 
<laughs> yo, you you could be a hundred million dollar man, yo. Yeah, at the at the very least, I mean, you could have at least got a couple paid off some loans, maybe. Yeah, man, you could have bought a, your mama a house or something. But yeah, that was yeah. the. But yeah, man, ninety three was so great, man. Um, but just like 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 you said, that was the beginning of our our years of graduated from middle school, mm-hmm. freshman in high school. You know, really started to see some things. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean, do some things. Yeah. You know I mean, live a little. Live, live, live a little. You know. Uh huh. A little loving touch here and there. I mean, yeah. Puppy water, as <laughs> my man Ghost would say. <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, you know, yeah, a man. lot of a lot of uh, growing up and, and maturing happened in that time. Shout out to everybody that made '93 special for the boy. Yeah, no I question. Mean, same here man um shout out to everybody that's listening now and that, that rocks with us again uh we, we just wanted to give a tribute to uh, 1993 with this being episode 193 of the tissue and the tape podcast yes, yes. we do have some upcoming episodes with some guests uh some unfinished business that we need to get out there again um italiantwine.com uh world sports podcast network wrspn.com that's right, uh, John Appetit, uh, DJRickGs.com. Um, and you know, man, you can follow us definitely on social media, Hip Hop 365, uh, at Tissue and the Tape, and of course, uh, at Philmatic 365. Matt, yeah. Phil, as we, as we start to wrap up our 25, uh, our 25th anniversary, I guess, uh, special. 1993 um what do you want to just kind of just leave behind as far as uh what people should really remember about this time it it was it was uh diversity and there's a lot of diversity now don't get me wrong but but in 93 there was diversity at the top in the mainstream I, i just mentioned how doggy style was played on you know songs album cuts were played on the radio you know you you just don't you just don't have that now you just don't have that outlet for high quality hip-hop you know to be in the mainstream and i know it's a different world i mean this this was literally you know uh a lifetime ago so i i get it but that's that's the biggest takeaway that I got from going back in and listening to all these different songs and hearing, you know, and remembering because I was I was there, we were there, we saw it. It wasn't like these songs didn't get played. There there was just a lot of diversity. You might hear Dickable Planets, then hear Snoop, then hear Tribe, then hear the Wu Tang, then hear Scarface. It was it was just how it was how it was done and i wish we had a little bit more of that so you might hear migos and then you might hear sky zoo and then you know i mean just just to give people options versus you know the the same you know same thing but to your point how you how we started this episode talking about bill clinton one of the one of the the things that he did that was uh wasn't as serious as some of the 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 rockefeller drug laws but 
also damning was the deregulation of radio stations, which allowed, you know, corporations to buy up multiple markets and then format all the markets exactly the same, which is why you have the same eight or nine songs playing all over multiple times every day in the same format in every market. You know, it helped make music national, but it also eliminated the variety and creativity in the music. You know, at least on the mainstream level. So, thanks, Bill. Yeah, thanks, Billy. Fuck you very much. <laughs> That's what he said to Monica. <laughs> um, I don't owe her an apology. <laughs> Yo, did you see the interviews with him and James Patterson? James Patterson looked mad uncomfortable as he was trying to explain away all the all that Monica Lewinsky shit. No, James Patterson was like, "Oh, oh shit, I should, I should, I shouldn't be here." Because <laughs> they got they, a book. They, they wrote the book together. The president's missing. Yeah, yeah, and, and then yeah, he was just like, like he was just trying to like, He's like, like fade away yeah, into the yeah, bushes, yeah. like Homer. Don't mess up the money, man. Let's just talk about the novel, man. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, the fiction. Keep that nonfiction for your own time. <laughs> Phil, um, man, it's it's just crazy, man. Uh, 1993 we're, we're looking looking at it now from a from an old man's perspective man 25 years ago with gray in my beard yo yeah i mean i but i remember it like it was yesterday i remember going to, to buy all these joints ripping the plastic off yeah off of cassettes and yo man best buy is, is is no longer selling cds i mean if that doesn't oh, yeah. who we are right now then we have we're, we're going to have a generation of people who don't even know what cds are yeah that some that already don't, you know. I mean, our kids, you know. I mean, my kids just think that music just is on my phone, like it's just, mm-hmm. it's just there, like at their beck and call. Yeah, I you don't know, you don't know about like searching for something or not being able to listen to it like right away. I, I, I still got an iPod Classic, you know. I mean, and I, I was looking at something on there because I got some playlists on there, and I was just like copying them. Like recreating them on on title, and he was like, "Well, why why don't why do you have that if, if you got music on your phone?" I'm like, "Well, it wasn't always the case," and, and she just was like, "What?" That's why. Like she just looked at me in disgust. I'm like, "Yo," I was like, "Yo," and then I opened the drawer and showed the CD. I was like, "I used to have this, and I had a, a this to put on." She's like, "That's just a lot." Yeah, <laughs> that's just a lot. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah but remember how happy we was to get a CD and we could just skip to the next song. Yeah? Oh, we so game changer. But it, but it, it's 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 dope to to see though. I also have we you know I have uh, followers on social media and followers of tissue that that collect CDs like how people collect vinyl mm-hmm. and like they show off their collections and. And to me, I'm 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 not. La- I appreciate that they're that they're, but I'm like, yo, that was Tuesday, literally. That was that was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. And, and but it's funny. They'd be like, yo, I just got new pickups, and it'd be like the, uh, you know, Easy E, uh, straight off the streets of motherfucking Compton. I'm like, like that was in the bargain bin for like, right. you know. But I mean, it, it's but it's. One is is people in other countries where where these things weren't so readily available, and two, 
we take for granted that like a lot of this music was made before a, a lot of these kids on social media were even born. Yeah. And the fact that they're going back to listen to it is dope. So however they that's, get it. That's a feat in itself. Yeah. You know, so shout out shout out to all the uh the people that that collect CDs. Uh I see you out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh once again, man, salute to everybody that rocks with us. Uh continue to, to do so. And uh on that note, man, Phil Maddox, take us out with the fader. Yeah. You know what we do, vibe. We work for the money. We live for the love. But we die for we believe in. This is tissue in the tape. And we are 93 till infinity. Respect you, hopes.
Street. I need a new 